Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can also watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this Tuesday, one day before our 10th birthday bash extravaganza, whatever words you want to use, at B-dubs on Ambassador Caffrey, known to us old people as Buffalo Wild Wings. We're not, you know, as hip and groovy as Hannah and her generation is. So we just call it Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. Looking forward to seeing y'all there. It's from 4 to 9 tomorrow at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. There will be wings, obviously. There will be a cake from Gambino's Bakery. Doesn't that just sound Gambino's Bakery on Johnson Street? All kind of door prizes from Astro tickets to 50-inch TVs donated by AVI. Car washes from The Wash near Service Chevrolet. Gift certificate from Partners Limited and around the golf from Cane Road Golf Course, $150 gift card to Mosley and Hollard's Men's Clothing, and many, many other great prizes. Um, crunch time, as soon as the Astros game is over, will be aired live from there with Miguez and Mesh. Just lots of fun, so hope to see you there tomorrow, Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. Now, most of you who have listened to me one or two shows are for – 30 years, um, know that I don't know very much, somewhere between little or nothing about hockey in the NHL. I don't believe I could name you a single player on the Colorado Avalanche or the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I do know the Piper very well. And I know that the worst way to win game two of a, of a seven-game series to go up 2 nothing is the way that the Avalanche did it. What was that? Saturday night, I think it was. Over the weekend, whenever it was. Uh, they won 7 to nothing. which you, many years ago, I used to do something on the air called the Football Conversion Scoreboard to try to put some perspective into it. And what that was was like um, every time a run was scored in a baseball game, I gave it a touchdown. And when you and when you look at the football score side of it, uh, it made a difference. Like, for instance, if, if a baseball game was seven to nothing, then I, I said it was like um, – It was like a 49 to nothing football win. 
Uh, if it was 10 to nothing, then it was like, I guess I was giving credit to the kickers. But if it was 10 to nothing, it was like a 70 to nothing victory. Like Oklahoma versus Kansas State in 1978 kind of a thing. But, or what was that? 11 to nothing would be LSU over Rice. And what year was that? 77, 78, something like that. LSU beat Rice. 77 to nothing. Um, now, I don't, I mean, there are a lot, obviously a lot of similarities in the scoring. I've never really gotten a full indication, like, how how direct of a parallel is runs in baseball? I would think there's a lot more runs scored in baseball than goals in hockey over to you know over a similar stretch. So I wouldn't totally do hockey just like baseball, but I would say seven to nothing hockey games, probably something like a twelve to fourteen to nothing baseball game. I'm just guessing, but something. Anyway, the Piper was not happy. So it did not surprise me. I got a little bit of a of a giggle or smirk or whatever you want to call it um, when I saw the score that the uh, Tampa Bay won this game six to two. So not 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 a surprise at all. Uh, again, I don't know anything about the strategy of hockey or the players or, or the teams or any of that, but I do know the Piper, and so that was highly, highly, highly predictable. That coming off of a seven to nothing win in game two, that that the um, the Avalanche were in deep yogurt for game three, and 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 it, and it worked out that way. Now I have no idea who's going to win this series. I don't. Again, I don't know. If you have any uh, e- hockey expertise, I would you know certainly feel free to call. And again, the game hotline is seven zero six zero one 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 to tell me. Um, you know help me out with why you think so-and-so is going to win the series. But uh, hopefully um, those of you, hopefully no one that listens to the show regularly was surprised at all by the Piper winning game three for, for the Tampa Bay lightning. I, I don't know who I, I mean, again, I have no, no dog in that fight at all. All right. Tonight opens. And a very intriguing, on one hand, nine-game stretch for the Houston Astros against the New York Mets, who have the second-best record in baseball and the best record in the National League. Um, On one hand, it's going to get a lot of publicity because of who they're playing. They're playing the New York teams. And this year so far, the New York teams have been far and away the best teams in baseball. So far, again, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I, we're gonna we're gonna become very if the Yankees continue to play at the win games at the pace of their winning games, the national media who thinks that all of baseball is all about the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers, and I guess you can throw the Mets into it because the Mets are from New York and and certainly in an in a ESPN division team. Um, they're going to be making comparison to, you know, the 98 Yankees, which they're doing a lot already, or the whatever. You know. 
teams of the past. Of course, on this show, we're going to be making a lot of comparisons, and I, and I need to get this down if we're going to do I keep forgetting if it's 01 or 02, but I think it was 01. Whatever year there, the Mariners won 116 games. You don't want to mess with the Piper. You don't want to mess with with um, the game. So if you're the, a Yankee fan, you need to root for some losses. I'm not saying right now or next week. The last thing you want to do is win, you know, 115, 116, 120. You don't want to do that. That would be awful. If I'm a Yankee fan, that is the worst case scenario at this point. Now, obviously, if you win that many games, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of happy days. But then you start, you don't want to beat history. You know, like, uh, I am totally convinced, for instance, if the if the Patriots were 15-1 and one instead of 16-0 and 0 that year, they would have won the Super Bowl. But th- they were having to play a Giants, which happens to be a team that owns them, um, and history. You don't want to mess with the Piper. You don't want to mess with history, which you could argue is kind of the same thing. You don't want to do that. You, you want to just play the team that's on the other side of you. That's why you just don't want to mess with all that stuff. Again, some people look at that as superstition, but it's not. It's, it's, it's the game. You don't want to mess with the game. You want to be just on this side of the of the game. You want to, you know, the piper can be have. You can raise the piper's eyebrows, but you don't want to make him angry. You just don't. Don't want to do it. Not a good plan. But anyway, the Astros open this nine game stretch. I don't know. I'm going to say my goal is to go five and four. The way the Astros are playing right now, which is not good, um, I, I am really worried about El Pedro Grande. Now, they said he he escaped serious damage, something with his hand while I was gone uh, in Alaska. Um but while serious damages escape, one, that doesn't mean that he's going to be 100% if he plays today or tomorrow. They, we don't know when he's going to play. You know, suppose Dusty hinted over the weekend when they interviewed him Sunday or prior to the Sunday night game um, that he might be able to play Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see. I say if there's any, I mean, if there's anything, any hint of an issue, don't play him. Like, I don't care if he misses the next week. Now, look, they're, you know, they're they're playing the Mets and the Yankees, and it's going to get a lot of attention, and, and I get all that. But it's still June. It's June. So they don't need to be rushing anyone as much as you want to win these games. And, and, look, these are players – they they've been through the wars. They understand what a, how to manage a major league season. They've been pretty good for a while now. They understand how to do all this, but it's still the Yankees and the Mets, and I'm sure, you know, they guys like Bregman still have chip on their shoulder, and they want to, uh, you know, they they know that most of the country thinks that Major League Baseball is all about the Yankees and the Red Sox, the ESPN division teams, and throw the punks into that mix, and so. I'm sure they think that stuff as well. And um, 
So I, they're going to want to win, but they also know that it's June. So look, if it my my normal goal slash you know parameters for each series does not change just because it's the Yankees or the in the Mets. Just don't get swept. Just don't get swept. Now, again, this is a a funky kind of a series. Like, they're playing two with the Mets, then four with the Yankees, then two with the Mets, then one with the Yankees. So I don't know what a – I mean, you know, two-game series. When I say don't get swept, I'm really talking about three- or four-game series. So I guess you know as long if the if the Astros can split these these two two game series with the Mets, I'll be totally fine with it. Just don't lose three in a row. Essentially, is what I'm saying. You know, m- make sure that try to make sure that in every three games you win one of them, at least one of them. And if you win two, that's just tremendous. You know the way the Astros are playing right now and where they are. Um, you know, I, I kind of expect them to raise their level of play because they're playing these high profile teams because that it's, it's not the postseason, but it's like, it's going to have more of a postseason feel than most regular season games that you play. And they tend to raise their level of play for the postseason. So it would not shock me if they played well at all, but, um, We'll see. Or Keedy pitches tonight. He's been awful this season. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I still like him. Certainly, still haven't given up hope in him because uh, I, I love the way he pitches. But normally, but he is he is whatever it is. He, he it, it's some people are figuring him out. He's got to adjust. Whatever's going on with him, I don't know. But um, we'll see what happens tonight. McNeil's on my fantasy team. Looked like he kind of maybe pulled a hamstring or came close to. Doing so yesterday, scoring on a on a wild pitch uh, in their win over the Marlins. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play um, t- tonight in tonight's game, but we will see. All right, again, it's going to be lots of fun. I mean, there's a lot of Yankee fans around here. There are some Mets fans. I wouldn't say nearly as many Mets fans as there are Yankee fans around here, but it'll be a, it'll be a high profile. And then, of course, we have a lot of Braves fans who are going to be pulling for the Astros against the Mets. This <laughs> in these four games, so we'll, we'll hope you know. Look, I I want to do it for myself, but I, I have no problem with obliging. Now I'm hoping for you know I'm hoping for two and three against the Yankees, two and two against the um the Mets at least that I'm talking about. Obviously I would like to go 5 and 4 in this 9 game stretch, but if I go 4 and 5 I I can survive that pretty easily. I mean, I I'm I, I'd be okay with that. Uh so 4 and 5 or 5 and 4, I'd take either one, but I don't want to go below 4 and 5 in in this 9 game stretch and hopefully they can get a little healthier and it'd be nice, you know, if you know maybe we can tell Alex Bregman that it's Derek Jeter Day. Because I really enjoyed D- Jer- Derek Jeter Day whenever that was three years ago or two years ago. I, when you get old, it all kind of runs together. But Bregman, if you remember, hit a bomb on Derek Jeter Day. And and, and the Astros won. Astros had a gr- They really enjoyed Derek Jeter Day. And so... 
Uh, maybe we can tell Bregman it's Derek G today, and he can he can hit a bomb at Yankee Stadium. I'm all for that. All right, so we kind of set the stage for that and reminding everyone the power of the Piper. Don't forget the power of the Piper. We will take a timeout, come back, and remind y'all about day two of our of week three of our footnote summer project. Get into a few of those details. Talk about some of the suggestions from yesterday and continue to get back into the world of sports. I'm still, my mind is still in Alaska. I can tell you that. I don't know how long it's going to take, but um, it'll it'll get back to South Louisiana soon. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49er. Back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Live at 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you on Saturday, it'll be a day of live music at Park International for the Rescue Fest. Live music will include Sarah Russo Band, Jet Seven, Layla Laverne, Hunter Corville, and Cam Nelson. There will be plenty of food and games and a raffle. Rescue, that's R-E-S-C-Y-O-U Fest, is a fundraiser for the rescue group of Acadiana, a group that provides financial and emotional assistance to grieving families after the loss of a child. Obviously, the loss of any child was very unexpected and can be very difficult to deal with. Most of us who have not lost a child in the family, you know, you make statements like, I don't even know how you get through it. And many people need help that are going through it. That's why a a great group like this exists. So to purchase tickets, go to Eventbrite or visit rescuegroup.org. That's R-E-S-C-Y-O-U group.org. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Welcome back. Good morning, sir. I kind of expected a call from you yesterday on my first day back. Oh, I was trying to get through. There so many calls. Oh, okay. I get through. Okay, I understand. So I, I understand. But perfect timing because you know you, you're talking a lot of um, Yankee hate today. First of all, let me help you out here, Foot. That the Yankees don't think like that. We don't have loser mentality. We don't believe in the Piper. Oh. You win or you lose. Oh, no. 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 We wouldn't have 27 working on tw- about to win 28 championships if we had that mentality. You know, Martin, that little Red Sox fan, just called me while you were talking. You know, now, you see, that's that's Red Sox mentality. That's loser mentality. No. You see? It's, it, it baseball, see, huh? e- even the Yankees with all their little rings are not bigger than the game. 
and, and so you need you you need you need to lose you you I'm just I'm just trying to give you some helpful advice. No, no, you you no, don't want to win see, too many games. That, that I'm just Yankee telling you. Advice. No, you see, no, you, you don't want to win too many games. The instructions of the game. There is no baseball without us. Uh, baseball was around for many many years before the Yankees even existed. But but we made it baseball. No. There was no baseball without us. Everybody knows it. No. We took it to height. That's like, okay, Martin's talking about the little Cubs and the little stripes. Nobody knows no uniforms or teams about stripes unless the Yankees. When you talk about wearing stripes, you think of the Yankees, nobody else. Now, let me help you out here with foot. Now, I want to see if he, what, how he's going to be. We're going to re-intervene something you was talking about yesterday after we beat him in July. Now, we have y'all coming up. I was hoping you made it back in time for us playing y'all. I thought you was going to stay on vacation for a while. You ain't nervous? Uh, I mean, I'm a, all, I'm a little bit nervous for every game that I play. But, no, I just want to not get swept. You know my goals for it. My, my goals for each series does not, does not change. It's because it's the you know, Yankees. I, I, uh, I, I give y'all I ju- one Just game. don't want to get that. swept. That's all I'm asking. I give y'all one game. If I win two games, I'm happy. If I win three games, I'm dancing. But if I win one game, I'm not happy. But I, 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 I'm okay. I'm, I'm still, I'm still moving along. And and, and I'm gonna let you know, there's no such thing as a Jeter day. The only Jeter day is when he won the championship. Oh no, they had Derek Jeter day. They had Derek Jeter day, and 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 Bregman hit a bomb on Derek Jeter day for a great Astro victory. No, 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 no. That that was y'all cheated. No, I'm gonna leave you with this, but. I have a great surprise for uh, on the twenty second at B Dub. I have a great surprise. That's for y'all. tomorrow. Oh, I have a great surprise. Okay, for don't oh, you worry. And I'm going to enjoy this. We're waiting. <laughs> Go Yankees! Have a great one. <laughs> All right, oh! take care. The man, the man is fired up. No question about that. I knew that was coming. Like I said, I kind of expected yesterday, but he, the man, I, I get it. He said he got um, he he couldn't get in. All right, again, it is day two of week three of our Footnote Summer Project, and the theme of the Summer Project is heartbreaking losses. It's Major League Baseball week. Yesterday, some of the suggestions we had was the Boone Homer in 03, the 86 Buckner game, which I, the Buckner part of that, I believe, I've always believed is overrated. Um, but it is what it is. Reggie's three homers in 77. Uh, the, 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 speaking of Derek Jeter, the Derek Jeter flip against the A's and a one. Uh, so them, those are, are, are some suggestions that we had from yesterday. We ended the show by talking about, um, the Astro. I think most Astros fans of my era or above look at game six of the 86 series and game five of the 80 series. So certainly want to put those on the list. And, you know, the one that was especially depressing for me was, and I'd have to go back and look, you know, there, there, was, an, there was another one, and I, I remember where I was when the game was played, but I, 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 and I should have wrote it like game this of this um, NLDS series. It was the game against the Braves. I remember watching or listening to the end of the game uh, at Karen Crow High School. I was going to cover a Karen Crow High football game that night. 
And it was the game where Tony Eusebio did not get the ball out of the infield. Walt Weiss made a diving stop and, 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 and threw. I want to say Carl Everett out of the play, but I don't remember exactly who it was. That 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 that, that was a tough one, and and another one that was really depressing, Bec- more for big picture reasons. You know, in '98, I believe that the Astros were the best team in baseball, but just because you're in the regular season the best team in baseball, like we were just discussing in the last segment, does not mean you're going to win the World Series. I mean, obviously. The year that the Mariners won 116 games, they were the best team in baseball during the regular season, but that didn't do them any good because they got beaten their first playoff run series because they had won too many games. You can't win that many games. It's not a good idea. It's a bad plan. But um, um, and so I really believe the Astros had the best team that year, but they lost. And I rem- Kevin Brown beat Randy Johnson three to one. And I remember sitting on the bed after the game, totally depressed, and having this feeling of, is it ever going to happen? See, all those feelings are gone. I, You know, losing game seven for me, I'm just talking about me, losing game seven two years ago, Oh, no, when was that? In 19, when did we lose? Whenever we lost to the stupid Nationals. Um, Losing game seven to the Nationals was awful. But if it had happened prior to winning it, then it would be worse. For me, I'm just talking about me. Other people might have that game seven loss to the Nationals as their number one heartbreaking loss. It's in the World Series. It's game seven. If you win it, you win it. You win the championship. I get it. I mean, it's a legitimate, it would be a legitimate suggestion, a legitimate nomination for that. But um, until you win it, uh, it's just uh, the, the frustration just builds up. I remember that's that feeling of, is it ever going to happen? Like, at that point, that 98 team was the best Astro team ever. I mean, that team was good. <laughs> now, the pitching could have been maybe a little better, but I mean, when they acquired Randy Johnson at the All-Star break, he went like 10-1. and one. His ERA was like, was minuscule. I mean, he completely dominated. And you get a guy like that to, to carry you through the playoffs like he did with Kurt Schilling in... Um, in Arizona a few years, three years later. And it wasn't like he pitched bad. He just didn't win. Kevin Brown was a great pitcher. Um, some people call him steroids Brown, but whatever. That That's all irrelevant at this point. It You know, he won. He outpitched him. They won the game. Sterling Hitchcock. Can you imagine losing to Sterling Hitchcock? But anyway, that game I would put really high on my list. That, that was... That one, you know, 80 was the Astros' first. They should have been in the World Series. They weren't. They had a three-run lead in the eighth and, and the Sose Hall of Famer. Some people think, you know, overrated pitcher Nolan Ryan with the ball, and he, he couldn't bring us home. Gave up five in the, in the eighth. Dale uh, couldn't get Dale Unser out. Dale Unser. 
This ain't even auto racing, and that guy was crushing us. Uh, that was depressing. But still, it was the first ever playoff series for the franchise. And so you were still happy to be there a little bit. Uh, and then 86 was just awful, but I don't know. In terms of just being totally deflating, those two might have been more heartbreaking, but it was total, that that losing that series to the Padres in 98 when I really think the Astros had the best team in baseball was um, that was totally deflating, totally. But they eventually won, and now they're, you know, I'm I'm good with it now where they are. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Hey, I just got one thing to say. You know why Paul didn't call the show yesterday, huh? Why is that? Because he was looking for somebody that that cares about their, the Yankees 27 World Series to listen to him because nobody cares. That's history, man. That's gone. That's, oh, yeah. that, that, that's in the rearview mirror. Now, you forgot to ask him what's his, uh, what's his most heartbreaking uh, – moment uh mlb moment so i'm gonna go ahead and, and tell you for it, it, it's when the when the red sox my red sox uh came back from three uh oh three deficit and beat his yankees uh in in the championship uh game but that's all i had to say have a good one and go red sox all right take care no i would think for most yankee fans that would be that that one that one's got to be pretty hard to live with, no question. That, that definitely got to be pretty hard to live with. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, and mention a few more of these games. Also, we've got some um, other things to tend to, which we will before the show is over. Look forward tomorrow talking to Koki Riley. Haven't talked to him in a few weeks because I was in Alaska and we'll uh, catch up at what's going on there, LSU recruiting, and get some of his thoughts on the College World Series, which we haven't talked about yesterday, today, or today, and we'll do that some as well. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, if you have not done this yet, what are you waiting for? You need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the game clubhouse. When you join, you become eligible for such great prizes as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to Have Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen as examples. So, look, it's simple. It's free. So sign up today at the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. 
Well, what's up, man? How you doing? Boy, I bet you doing oh. well. What an unexpectedly unbelievable season so far for you Yankees. <clears throat> I'm a little more grounded than the guy who called a couple of times <laughs> a, a, a couple of calls ago. My goodness. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm looking at a glass half empty, but I'm starting to notice the last two or three games, I'm seeing a little bit of bullpen fatigue. Um, they blew up on Sunday, all right? They imploded, and they almost lost again last night. They only got about two and a half guys they can really depend on right now, and they've been leaning on them a lot. And so I'm hoping they can catch a day's rest at some point in time. They didn't have an off day for a while, but they're going to need some reinforcement. You know, they, they need for Chapman and that little Isaacson kid, you know, to get back here soon because – They've been leaning on that bullpen a lot, and they've been good. But the last two or three games, you're starting to see a little bit of the velocity down on a couple of them. And they're starting to get hit like they haven't been hit so far this season. So that's, that's about the only concern. But, uh, but Larry, uh, this cat, Nestor Cortez, is, is he unbelievable? I, I don't understand that. He could hit me in the face and it wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> I do not understand why they cannot hit this man. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. It. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, you know, you know, it's kind of like Tommy John. Right you remember how Tommy huh? John used to, the, when Tom, not Tommy John, the, the surgery, but Tommy John, the pitcher. After he, the surgery, right. Yeah, it's, that's how he's like. That's what he's like. But why can't they hit him? <laughs> I don't know. I, I do not understand. Huh? I don't know, but they, 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 nobody hits him. Well, I don't understand it. I, I, I guess I don't understand baseball, but I know I could go at least once or four against that guy. Uh, I could get a hit. I oh, could, that's I, funny. I, no, they, 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 they're they doing tremendous. Now, the Rays are really beat up right now, but Wander Franco, yeah. Wander, they, they don't have any players left. All their pitchers are hurt. Yeah, all their hitters the right are hurt. The went down last night. Oh, he yeah. It just, it just, Margot, yeah, it, it just, but yeah. The Rays just don't hit, Kevin. They don't hit. But, don't but, but they'll hit. hit better. Wander Franco had a, a rehab assignment. Uh, and I, he got like three hits, I think, in that. When, when he comes back, he'll make them instantly better. They just don't have it. You're right. They don't have enough batting in their lineup. Plus, you know, one of the guys who was one of their guys who probably leads them in saves, he's out for the year. And then one of right. their starting pitchers is out for the year. And Kittredge and Rasmussen. They got about three bullpen guys that are pretty much done for quite some time. Yeah. You know, but they don't hit. They don't hit. I mean, Cole was, I mean, his stuff was good last night. But he had the same stuff against Minnesota, and the first three guys hit home runs off of him. You know, I mean, the Rays just don't hit, and I don't think, I don't think, I don't think the Rays are going to do much this year. I don't see it turning around too much for them. They got too many. Well, too all many they got to do is get it, if they get a few guys back. The key thing for the Rays is, see, they're going through this, and look, they've never had any support from their community, so that's not new. But it's fixing to come to a head in that the commissioner's talking about it now, where like they might be moving, and so I don't know if that's going to impact their interest in, in in getting a bat at the All Star break to help their lineup or not, like they did with Nelson Cruz and other people in recent years. Now, speaking of that, and then I'm going to let you go, but boy, I tell you what, if the Astros, and I, I don't know if they're interested or not, 
the boss said, go get that ketchup from the cob and stick him in there. Lord have mercy. Man, everybody keeps talking about that. I, I, I really right. haven't delved into it mentally. Uh, you know, Candy is such a leader on this team, and, and and everyone loves him, and he runs the pitching staff, and he can't hit a lick. Castro got uh, – listen, he's the backup catcher, so he don't play that much. But listen to this, Larry. O- on Sunday night, Jason Castro got his second hit of the entire season. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's impossible. <laughs> that's almost impossible. I mean, could you imagine what that bat would do in the lineup? They say he's not great defensively; he's not bad. You know, they might take a step back with him, but boy, would you? You know, with that left in that lineup, it would it, no? it, it would be something. And, and the other thing for the Astros is their center fielder has it. It wouldn't shock me if they went out and got a center fielder either at the All Star break. Right. Well, they're going to get two starting pitches back here in the near future. Yes. I don't think they'll need, you know, one of them will probably move to the bullpen. I don't think they'll need much pitching. But, boy, that catcher, and like you said, if they get another bat and put him in the center field, they'd be set. It'll it'll be fun. So It'll be fun, series. We'll talk to you next week. Good hearing from you, sir. Okay. Always love talking baseball with Larry. Absolutely. Uh He's not the only one. A lot of people, I've heard it on MLB. Uh, they mentioned it again Sunday night uh, when the Astros played a night game instead of a, an afternoon game like originally scheduled. They The ESPN guys mentioned there. So a lot of people are talking about, you know, you know, so say Contreras, Wilson Contreras, whose brother is doing fabulous for the Braves. Um uh, is going to be one of the big names that a lot of teams theoretically are going after. And look, Castro's done. He after as soon as this season's over, Castro's career is over. He's retiring. He was fabulous last year. This offensively, I'm talking about. Castro's an okay defensive catcher, but he's not a liability defense. But he's not a great defensive catcher like you would think he should be. So when he's not hitting at all like this year. Um, his defense isn't good enough to say, okay, he's not hitting, but he plays defense. I mean, again, he's not going to hurt you most of the time defensive, but he's certainly not a plus defensive catcher. He doesn't block the balls. He's not great at blocking. He's good at throwing out runners, but he's not great at throwing out runners. And so I, I know they like him. I'm sure he's a great guy in the clubhouse. And, and, and again, last year, he was fabulous getting clutch hit after clutch hit after clutch hit. This year, he hasn't gotten any clutch hits. And so he's washed up. I mean, he is just washed up. And so it would not shock me if they decided, look, we love you, Jason. We drafted you all these years ago. But, look, we're trying to win a World Series here, and, and, and you don't help us enough defensively to never get a base hit and, and be on the team. So it would not shock me if they did that. We'll see. Um, if he starts to hit at all, then I would think they wouldn't do that. But, we'll, you know, you never know. So center field and catcher. Now, we're about a month away. A month from now, we're going to be talking about this kind of stuff a lot because we'll be getting close to the trade deadline. So, um, but, no, I would think center field. It's, they recently, by the way, moved Myers to the 60s. So I don't know what in the world's going on with him. He got hurt in the ALDS, jumping up against the wall and – 
at uh, whatever the new Comiskey or whatever they call where the White Sox play now. But um, and I didn't know that he'd be out this long. Man, what a devastating ALDS series win that was. Lost McCullers, we hadn't seen him again. Lost Myers, hadn't seen him again. Uh, I think Myers might have been somewhat of an answer. You know, series had his moments. McCormick's had his moments, but they're just not consistent enough. And McCormick's just not good enough defensively in center field. He's just, he's just, he's just not. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But that, that's probably you know three or four weeks away before we get really into that discussion. But no, it's going to be talked about a lot. No question about that. All right, let's take a timeout. Uh, And we'll come back, finish up the first hour on this Tuesday. Again, Astros begin a nine-game stretch against the two teams with the best records in baseball, all from the New York City area. And you can hear that game. First pitch, 7-10 against the Mets tonight right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll be back. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And um, <clears throat> we're going to finish out this first hour talking about someone who I'm sure many of you know in different ways or knew in different ways. Uh, Mr. Tom Brown passed away yesterday. When I was, I don't even remember exactly what years, but when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there, and and maybe all those years, Tom Brown was actually, the first time I knew him, he was the sports director on KLFY Channel 10. And then in the early to mid-80s, those of you who are big UL basketball fans should remember Tom Brown uh, did a lot of UL basketball. They would be on TV, and, and, and he would do... Uh, UL basketball games on 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 TV on the old Channel 15, um, and so he's done a lot of high school football for years. He did more a little more recently. He you know he would do radio for Notre Dame football on a Crawley, and uh, his daughter I don't remember however many years ago this was his daughter played softball at Notre Dame, and he became a humongous softball fan um, from then on and was a huge fan of Cajun softball. He worked the scoreboard for many years at Cajun softball, and he was the voice of the UL press box and football games at Cajun Field for many, many, many years. And, um, you know, I thanked him aloud in the press box this year several times because – 
it's shock. You know, again, I, I haven't done that much. Recently, I've done some traveling. Just got back from Alaska. But for years, I covered the Saints home games and high school football in this area for years and years and years. And I didn't really travel with fo- with football. But for the since I moved uh, to the Cadiana Advocate, I've traveled. You know, I went to Iowa State and I've been to all the other teams that. Uh, Texas and, and and these other places that the Cajuns have played football in re, in the last three years went to Iowa State. They had no press box, Mike. And, and for you, that means nothing. But it, but it is helpful, especially in this day of social media, to have that. So I, I think to many times, look, he would make mistakes and people would laugh, and I'd say, "Don't worry about it, Tom. We appreciate the fact that you're here. I didn't get this at Iowa State, or I didn't get this at whatever school." that we had just been into. So, no, he was obviously a little bit more behind the scenes later in life for for some people, but was around UL athletics and high school athletics and softball. And, uh, again, did um, Notre Dame on the radio for years as well. And so uh, he passed away yesterday uh, of cancer. So we just I just wanted to uh, give a little tribute there to, to Tom and his contribution to sports in the Cadiana area that goes back to the 70s from New Orleans and um, pray for his family. That's it for the first hour, another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind y'all again, tomorrow from 4 to 9 at Buffalo Wild Wings and Ambassador Caffrey, we will have our just the game's 10th birthday bash. Again, tomorrow from 4 to 9 at Buffalo Wild Wings and Ambassador Caffrey, you will have a chance to win, you know, to eat great wings, cakes from Gambino Bakery, uh, all kind of door prizes, including Astro tickets, 50-inch TV donated by AVI, car washes from The Wash by Service Chevrolet, a gift certificate from Partners Unlimited, from Partners Limited, round of golf at Cane Row Golf Course, $150 gift certificate from Mosley and Hollard Men Clothing, and much, much more. Crunch time, Miguez and Mesh. After the Astros afternoon game against the Mets, we'll be broadcasting live from the party. So don't miss it. 4-9 to nine, tomorrow, the game's 10th birthday bash at B-Dubs, Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. What's up, world traveling stranger? How are you? Man, fat and ugly. In fact, do you listen to the commercials in the uh, during the break? Do I what with them? Listen to the commercials that run uh, during the break. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Quite often I do, yes, sir. Well, they had the one for the fat dudes to test. I figured you could come pick me up. <laughs> yes. 
We could ride together. Now that you now that you a, a, a experienced maritime man, I figured you could come get me. And <laughs> that was the buffet, Kevin. That's all people could talk about. Is like Kevin may be miserable, but he's going to be in the buffet line. So how was it? Well, I got to tell you, I I'm I was not miserable. I'd love it. I, I, I if I could do it again next week, I'd do it again next week. I. I uh, Maybe it's just because the time of the year I really needed to unwind, and I was able to do that. You know, the buffet was good, but let, let, let's understand cooking in South. When you compare cooking from you know chefs from around the world in Alaska to the cooking of that you get down here from people who really know how to, it's just you know it, it's okay, and it's a lot of food. And so I'm not picky, and I love a lot of food. So don't get me wrong, I ate a lot of food. But it's not like, you know, going to your friend's house from Abbeville or whatever and them cooking. It's not that good, no. Well, I'll never forget my first cruise. You know, you sit down at the table, and the first thing I told them was, look, folks, I didn't pack a tie. I'm on vacation. So if y'all have a problem with that, let me know. I'm not going to ruin your meal. I'll eat in my room, but you will not see me in a tie. I don't care if the captain, his wife, and whole family are at the table with us. I will not be in a tie. And most of them were good. And it's, it's, you meet a lot of elderly couples, you know, when you cruise. So so made those, that groundwork real quick. And then the first time they brought the meal out, when we were done, they had the dessert tray. You oh, know, and yeah. these desserts are beautiful. Yes. And uh, so I look, and I, I couldn't make my mind up, so I took two, one of each. And... Uh, some of the people at the table kind of got their feathers a little ruffled, like, you know, I was breaking protocol. And I'm like, guys, it's it's like all you can eat. It's not like I'm taking your dessert. Oh, I yeah, there was no – so I was, got both. Well, by the end of the cruise, pretty much everybody at my table was grabbing two desserts. Yes. So you can be a trendsetter when you're on the boat. Did you get any Saints news while you were up there, or you just took the whole week off and said, I'm not worrying about anything? I got some on the way back, but but no, when I uh, I, I had very I had very little access <laughs> to the internet while I was during that week. Well, and that that's what makes it a vacation, yes. Kevin. Throw your phone overboard, turn the laptop off. Uh, and catch up when you get back. But right now, I mean, training or uh, mini camp. Jarvis Landry's been the talk of the camp. He's flat out. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he becomes Jameis's favorite. He just has a knack for getting open, they're saying, and he's making one-handed grabs pretty much every day. And it's funny because he was kind of an afterthought in the big picture. After you draft Alave and Thomas coming back, which we still don't know what 100% what his deal is, you pick up Landry and it's kind of an afterthought and – I wouldn't be shocked if he's our starting number two receiver and uh, in the slot possibly, and you put Olave outside and Thomas outside. But our wide receiver room has gone from really second string to to we're going to be cutting some really good players, I think. So it's going to be fun to watch that develop. you got guys who can't be taking their fingers so they can get back in camp. It's uh, – I, I was listening to you yesterday, and y'all were talking about how the Saints are always kind of undersold in the national media, and I don't know why they do it. I think most of it's just ignorance. Well, you know, yeah, just, I mean, they're not they in an ESPN division. Yeah, you just don't follow yeah. them, and you read a few uh, blurbs about them, and that becomes your talking point. And those that really study, I'm, I'm as excited about this upcoming team and season as I've been in a while, Kevin. 
I mean, everybody's talking about the coaching change. I think we're fine. It's pretty much the same coaching. I even don't see that big a difference in the play calling. You look, know, because, uh, because Carmichael's going to be in there. Uh, you lose something. Sean's m- motivational skills will be the biggest thing to see if they can replace. And everybody motivates differently. I think Dennis Allen motivates more quietly through preparation and expects his players, especially his veterans and his leaders, to be his motivators. But, I mean, Sean was known for his little gimmicks to get guys, uh, you know, jacked up for games, especially big games. So that's going to be fun to watch for me. And right now the defense is light years ahead of the offense, apparently, from what I've read through minicamp. But that's normal. So it's fun to start getting excited. I heard Kyle call about these new uniforms are a joke, bro. Why mess with perfection? We had one of the coolest helmets in the history of the league, and they're going to sit here and mess with it, and and it just is aggravating. If you want to mess with it, go back to the old, old school gold helmets with the huge Florida Lee on the side. I got no problem with that. But this black with black on black with more black and a little gold outline, it's like y'all are just trying to – by the I way, I got it, a, I got a better view of the helmet yesterday. I, I'd only seen one side view of the helmet when we discussed the issue yesterday, but I, I it's just two minutes. I saw the back of how they uh, no. I'd rather just have a gold stripe down the middle than to have you know a hundred fleur de lis down the middle. So no, I'm not a big fan of it. But again, like I said yesterday, I just want to win. I mean, and look. We, we won a lot of games over the last decade in our black leotards, which I think is hideous looking. Hideous. Awful. Um, and looks like we look like a high school team in those uniforms. But but we win, so I, I can't overlook that. Well, yeah, it looks like my dad's tie was taped to the top of the helmet. You know, it looks like a Florida Lee tie. And, it's, again, you're right, just a gold stripe. But don't mess with the whole rest of the uniform. Our helmets are perfect. And I don't use that often in sports, but our helmets are absolutely perfect. They're unique. They look good. That's like telling Notre Dame, y'all go wear some green helmets. Yeah, which I, I, actually- I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of it, but um, but you know, again, well, dude, I'm, I'm more worried about I'm getting a running to, back. I'm hoping to see you tomorrow night. Welcome back. We now, did miss you. Now, now, uh, now, it's, Joey. It's now, a lot of us to say that, but we missed you. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I certainly missed uh, the talking on the air. But, uh, you know, again, I'm still in Alaska mode right now. Hopefully by the end of the week I'll be back in South Louisiana mode. By the way, I know you're a guy who was an old-school UL basketball fan and and, and was around in the area then. Uh, Did you hear what I said about Tom Brown passing away yesterday? That was the first thing I thought of was UL basketball. You know I used to drive the team. My best job I've ever had in my life was driving the bus at UL or USL at the time, and part of my bus driving duties was taking the team from the athletic complex to originally Blackham Coliseum, but then, I mean, I'd literally drive them across the street to the Cajun Dome, and, yeah, that's the first thing that ran through my mind because, I mean, we were kind of crazy. We had a good little crew that sat behind the the opponent's benches, and, I mean, I'd kind of probably punk slap my butt nowadays if I acted, if I saw somebody acting like I acted back when I was in school, but... We like to think we were part of the game and, and affected players, and I actually know for a fact we did, but it was a lot of fun. We were just little punks, but it was it was, it was was a blast at the time. When you're 19, 20, you can get away with that stuff. So. But I did think of that, and 
you know, I hope I hope he's resting in peace, and I hope his family just accepts God's will and, and trust their faith and realize there's a better place. And if you handle your business down here, you get a chance to see him again. All right. Thank you, Joey. Welcome home, Kev. Take care. Thank you. By the way, speaking of old school basketball, UL basketball, or USL, as he said, basketball back then, Cajun basketball, there was a guy, you know, when you go on a cruise – one of the things I learned, you everyone, you you, you kind of run into people fairly often because they go if they have similar interests to you than you, then you kind of see them at all the little trivia games or name that tune or when you eat and all that kind of stuff. But there was this guy, this couple that we kept, a couple couples that we kept running into, and one of them, he just reminded me of Joe Manley, and uh, old basketball fan, UL basketball fan, you know, and I'm like this cat. I knew I found out that it wasn't his name without asking him, but I'm like, man, this cat just reminds me of Joe Manley. So that was that 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 was cool, no question. But no, as far as the Saints thing, look, all the national media knows or thinks is that there's no Sean Payton and there's no Drew Brees, so therefore the Saints can't be good. I mean, that is as deep and as far as they can go. There's no there's no Sean Payton anymore. And there's no Drew Brees anymore, so the Saints aren't going to be good. They don't. They can't get beneath that. There is nothing beneath. They have zero knowledge or substance. Or that's as far as the national media can go. The mainstream national media guys is no Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. Therefore, the Saints aren't good. That's it. That's as far as they go. So, I mean, it's no use to even worry about it if you're a Saints fan. That's as far as they can go. Now, because they, in my opinion, have the – it's not even close. They, this is the best roster the Saints have ever had. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. I mean, it's a free country. Have your opinion. It, they, all I got to say is Usama Young. I mean, that's all. Keep going back to that. If you think the Super Bowl team is a better roster than the Saints have right now, you have lost your mind. Okay, now that doesn't mean they're going to win. It's like, 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 like I said, the the '98 Astros were way better than a lot of other Astro teams, but that didn't get as far. That doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean that. A lot of things can happen. We learned that last year, but no. Um, I would not get frustrated by the national media's assessment of where the Saints are because it is two-pronged. No Sean Payton, no Drew Brees, therefore they can't be good. That's about as much substance as most of them have because it's not because they don't know about some teams, but they don't know they don't know anything about teams in the in the NFC South. It's not an ESPN division team, so they they just don't know. They just don't, and that's that's okay. That's okay. Now, what's a little frustrating more to me is there are local people who aren't national people who have the same opinion. That just boggles my mind. Now, that frustrates me. It's been frustrating me since last March and April. <laughs> Boy, last year was a rough year for, for me as a Saints fan. Just, just agony. Hopefully this year they'll be a little less injured and we can – Get a little retribution there. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back and reset a little bit. 
on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, look, Joey brought up the Saints. You want to talk NFL? Certainly. I'm tr- I got no issues with that. None, obviously. But... I um I've been trying to kind of I, I I'm so pumped up about so many things having to do with the Saints and it's going to be such an exciting season. I don't know if they're going to win or I I say exciting. It's going to be an interesting season because you got all these new blood, you got some players back. It's just a fascinating roster to me, and so I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. But I'm trying to push that off as much as I can because. I, I I can't do that yet. It's just too – we're still in June. I got to wait till at least, you know, another month before I start getting too pumped up about that or I just, you know, it, I won't be able to get the mental relaxation that I need in order to prepare for another school year. So not, not, not quite there yet. But uh, certainly feel free to call if you would like to talk about that. Before we get going to some other topics, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good. I had to call back, bro. Okay. See, I thought your um, vacation would have fixed you, but no, it made you worse. But one, one of them is, his name is Quitter, not Sean Payton. It's forever. You don't <laughs> ever call him by his government name. That, that, that. yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I, I'm guilty. That. Yeah, thank you for setting me straight. You're right. Casper the, the Quitter. Huh? Casper the Quitter. That's right. We, we, we can't let him get away. Now, second, I heard you and Larry talking. You're talking about the devil raid. We're not going to give them no pass or any excuses because the Yankees are wiping the floor with them. Because all I've heard, they got a great bullpen. Man, they're so great. They're winners because they homegrown their players and the Yankees buy their players. No, 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 no. Because we wiping the floor with them. We ain't giving them no excuses. You see, that's the whole point about the difference about them homegrown their guys and we still say buying people. We don't know buy people. We pay people because they want to play for a winning organization. Now, I don't know if you know, the reason why they call them the, the Rays now, because they took Devil off because the owner said, and which they were losers before they was, took the Devil off, but they wanted to be called the Sting Rays, but they, the owner didn't want to pay the price for um, that name from another um, team that I think it was in Hawaii. But to me, they're always going to be the Devil Rays. That's how I'm going to always look at them. Well. And one last thing, a rebuttal to Martin. I am a sore loser but a terrible winner. So I take I don't like losing, period. But as a Yankee fan, the only losses we remember, like the one we got cheated on by the um, Astros, we remember the tough losses of not winning that championship. You know, that's what we 
remember most. So, you know, we don't worry about little peons like the little stockings. You know what I mean? That means a lot to them. So, last but not least, to let it go like this, for how many championships do they have? And how many do the Yankees have? I'll leave it at that. 27 working on 28. Go Yankees. Have a good one. All right. Um, all right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. We haven't talked about College World Series since I got back yesterday, and it is interesting. It, it, it was nice to, to hear that Stunford got eliminated. It's very interesting to see, you know, who would the beginning of the – the fact that the, L, that the SEC's got all these teams left is never a surprise. I mean, the SEC's been great in baseball for a long, long time. I don't know how many people at the beginning of the year would have said, well, Ole Miss at the beginning of the year. Like halfway through the year, no one would have said Ole Miss. But at the beginning of the year, very few people would have said Texas A&M and Auburn would be one. I mean, you could have got unbelievable odds at the beginning of the year um, on on Auburn. Now, Arkansas, you could have got pretty good odds. But Auburn and A&M, um, no, you would not have gotten odds on that. You'd have gotten incredible odds on that. But Arkansas, I don't think too many people would have been shocked because they were supposed to be really good uh, early in the season. Uh, Notre Dame's a little bit of a surprise from maybe the beginning of the year just because they're not from the South. But, you know, a lot of people thought Notre Dame was going to host a regional. Instead, they sent them to to Georgia Southern. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here on out. I'm a little surprised by Arkansas just because as the season went on, it seemed like they didn't play a lot of high-level baseball away from their home park, but they're obviously playing some sort of high-level of baseball because they're still a lot. And and they're in Omaha, so they certainly all deserve lots of credit. You know, Oklahoma's been unbelievable. You know, a lot of times teams, you know, there's this groundswell of not support so much, but like, man, that whoa, that's the team. And even when we were in College Station, I heard many people say Oklahoma's the team I don't want to face. And that assessment has been proven pretty true. Been proven pretty true so far, so we'll see how the rest of it uh, pans out. And, of course, we will talk more College World Series when Cokie's on the show tomorrow at about um, 9.15 or so. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, Astros baseball against the Mets. Reminder tonight, first pitch, seven ten. Astros match right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. So I, uh, as the Astros begin a nine-game stretch against the Yankees and the Mets uh, in a very bizarre order, but it is nine straight games against those two teams. So we'll see if the Astros can raise their level of play. Look, the, the bottom line is they haven't played very well. They, they It's kind of like they're just kind of going through the motions, We'll see if they pick up their level of play. You would think they would, but we'll see. I'll take four and five. Would love five and four. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I think we got another addition kind of in, in, indirectly from uh, from Paul there. I, I think he said that one he, his more heartbreaking loss would be when the when the Astros beat them. Um, you know, 
I, I don't know which exact. Maybe it was the Altuve homer, uh, or maybe it was the game that Correa threw him out at the plate. You know, the one of those uh, the two to one victories by Verlander and the Astros. You know, in those games where the Astros stole a bunch of signs and hit all them home runs in a two to one victory in the ALDS or a three to two victory, uh, playing great defense and pitching well. And you know, one of those. Um, so we'll we'll add those to the to the list, and we still it's only day two, but we we we've just scratched the surface there. There's some other great games we're going to be talking about now. Old school Yankee fans will point to 1960. Uh, in 1960, it's one of the more famous and bizarre. series ever and old school Yankee fans should have began to understand the Piper and how you don't mess with that by that series and again I'd have to look it up to give you all the scores but in that infamous 1960 series the Yankees outscored the Pirates by a ton like every time the Yankees won it was like 12 to nothing you don't win games 12 to nothing. That's bad. Uh, 15 to 1 and stuff like that. And so after, and every time the Pirates won, they won by like one run. You know, like, I don't know the score, like 4 to 3, 3 to 2, 7 to 6, that kind of stuff. And so, um, and so overall, it was pretty obvious that the Yankees were the better team. But, again, you don't mess with the Piper. You want to win like 5-1 to one or 7-2. to two. You don't want to win 12 to nothing and 15-1 to because then you bring the Piper into it. And so old-school Yankee fans who don't believe – or don't understand, or just totally disagree with me when I talk about the Piper and the impact that one game can have on the other. Uh, again, uh, I give to you the 1960 World Series. So when Mazeroski hit that home run to beat the Yankees, and again, I need to look it up. I don't know the exact final score that game. It, that, I would say that for the Yankees, that has to be a pretty heartbreaking. You know, that has to be historically one of the more heartbreaking losses. Of course, you know, when it comes to the Yankees losing after all the winning they did in the 50s, like, can it really be heartbreaking? Like, can, can heartbreaking even play into it? I, I, I don't know if you can. I don't, I don't know that we can put that on top 10, although a lot of – all-time list have them on because when you want all the, the like, how heartbreaking can it be? I, I just, I don't know that I could put heartbreaking. So I think the the only heartbreaking, when we get to the final 10 at the, at the end of the week, um, I, I think the only ones that are going to involve the Yankees are when the Yankees win. I, I don't know if we can really say, I mean, like cry for the Yankees. It, it'd be kind of like, it, it, it'd be kind of like, um, you know, Warren Buffett saying, I got overcharged at McDonald's. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, sorry that you lost your $5 there. You know, it'd be kind of like that. You know, it, I don't know if we can go all the way to heartbreaking. 
for the for the, for the Bill Mazeroski home run. But theoretically, it it it, it could. But again, that it, 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 for the the people who don't understand or agree with the whole Piper and the power of the Piper, uh, you need to reflect on the 1960 World Series for sure. So, we've got um today. Uh, in the College World Series, we've got Texas A&M and Notre Dame and Auburn and Arkansas. So that's going to be uh, Texas A&M, Notre Dame at 1, Auburn, Arkansas at at 6. And then if you're also a fan of the Mets or the Astros or the Braves and you're pulling for the Astros or you're, you, know, you don't like that, whatever, if you're just a fan of Major League Baseball in a good series, you can, when that gets to 7, you can do some flicking back and forth between the, um, the Arkansas-Auburn game in the L in the um in the Astros and the Mets or uh you can listen to that game right here on the game 1037 Lafayette 104 one Lake Charles. Last night and you're hearing more people talk about I don't know what was it three or four weeks ago we had Rob Tool in from Evangeline Downs and he told us that he was a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I don't know if you saw the highlights last night. A lot of people were abuzz. Uh, all the Major League Base, MLB Network fans were. There are times as a sports fan that's fun. Look, it's fun to be really good like the Astros have been for the last, you know, they've been good for a while now. But for the last five or six years, they've been really good. That's a lot of fun. The other time that's a lot of fun as a fan, in my opinion, is when you haven't been good and you start building a really good young team. Like for the Astros, I was like, you know, in 12, 13, 14 in that era where, you know, Springer and Correa and you started drafting those guys and they started being good and you started developing good in Altuve and, and you start. The Pirates, I don't know where it's going to end, but they brought up this guy, you know, over the weekend they had Sawinski hit three home runs, including a game winner on Sat- on Sunday on Father's Day. I don't know how good he's going to be. They got a pretty good young player in Reynolds who had a really nice season last year. We've talked about Key Brian Hayes quite a bit last year. He's had some injury issues, but he's a good young player that they think could be a building block. And then they brought up O'Neill Cruz yesterday. Now, they say he's 6'7". He doesn't look 6'7 to me. But... He, whatever he is, he's a tall, athletic shortstop with a cannon for an arm. He threw a ball 98 miles an hour. Like, this is Sean Dunstan stuff, for those of you who remember Sean Dunstan, um, who's the, um, is he the number one or number two overall pick of the Cubs many years ago, who had just a cannon at shortstop. And um, so this is a guy, he's listed at 6'7". And he has a can. It was the hardest ball thrown by an infielder clocked all season long. And he did it yesterday for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he also, by the way, drove in four runs. So how he's going to do as a hitter, we'll see. I mean, but the point is they've got some good young players. And, you know, the Pirates, I thought on paper, could be the worst team in baseball this year. But they have not been the worst team in baseball. The Pirates have had to have a real a lot of really nice wins this season. You know they won a series at, at uh, the Punks, and they're twenty seven and thirty nine, which is not a great record, but it's not like 
I mean, it's shouting distance from the worst record, but it's not like the they're not the worst team. Um, not the worst team at all, and so I think it's um, it's going to be fun from afar. I don't have any hatred towards the Pirates. I don't know the Pirates never really uh, done much to me, and so you know, just a, just a team to kind of follow if you're a baseball fan at all and see how these young players do and see how they continue. They had a couple of pitchers. They got a good closer. It'll be very um, it'll be very interesting to follow the Pirates and how O'Neill Cruz does. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 21st, 1970. Brazil and superstar Pele become the first team and player to win the FIFA World Cup three times, beating Italy 4-1 in front of 107,412 fans in Mexico City. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers. And Houston Astros, also your home for great prizes. And if you go to the website at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, join the game clubhouse. You could be eligible to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, $50 gift certificate to Have Shell Oyster House, or maybe a $25 gift certificate from Mabel's Kitchen. You can't win if you don't join, however. So go to, it's simple, it's free, so sign up today. Join the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, so we've covered quite a few things. Get, before we, uh, and again, we'll bring it up again tomorrow, the College World Series. Something that happened while I was in Alaska was that Tennessee got beat. And... Obviously, all year long, most people thought Tennessee was the best team in the country. It goes along with what I was talking about earlier. I don't know that them getting beat doesn't mean that they weren't the best team in the country all year long. But because, you know, this word best, I, I keep saying it, but I don't really believe it. I don't even, what does that mean? Like, I, I, I've just, the best, the best what? I mean, the most accomplished, the best on paper, there, you you got to qualify that word best. Um, you know, for those who have been listening to me on the air for a long time, about 15 or 20 years ago, we went through a process of, uh, and I would, you know, fight back and forth, not fight, but argue back and forth on the air. And, 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 and the conclusion that we came up with, we're never trying to determine. Like in college football, there's this, there's this quest to who's the best, you know, in the whole BCS era and all that craziness, silliness. Um, but we're not trying 
the national media and many people involved in that are trying to determine who the best is. It's not what we're trying. We're trying to see who wins the trophy. Again, for Saints fans, the 2011, the best, you could say the best Saints team ever, many people believe, was 2011. They were the best, but they didn't win the trophy. We're not trying to determine who the best is. We're trying to see who's going to win the trophy. Those two are not the same. Sometimes they're the same. But they're, they're very often, they're not the same. So you could say Tennessee was the best team in college baseball this year. But when I started hearing stuff like Tennessee can't be beat, they're one of the best teams of all time. The red, my red, the red flag started going up. And I started hearing, this is baseball. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> really? What does that even mean? This is baseball. And so I don't ha- I don't have anything against Tennessee. I don't hate the Vols. I understand that a lot of SEC fans don't like them because their fans got to be really obnoxious. And so I understand why a lot of SEC fans were rooting against them because their fans are obnoxious. I get that. I mean, I, I got no issues with that. Uh, that's, you not you know, that I got no issues with that, but from a pure baseball standpoint, hearing, oh, this might be the best team ever. This is one of the best teams I've ever seen. Red flag starting on on up. When you hear that in football, there's probably a little more to it. That's more of, if I'm bigger, faster, stronger than you, I got a really good chance of winning, especially at the collegiate level. Um, at the high school level, certainly. Basketball, a little, little less, but still, if I'm bigger, faster, and stronger than you, I got a really good chance of winning. In baseball, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, look, the number one overall seed has not won the College World Series in Omaha in 23 years. I mean, what else do you need to know? I mean, it has nothing to do with best. They're the best. Well, what is that best? We need to just get rid of that word. We need to get rid of GOAT in sports, and we need to get rid of best. That acronym and that word best. Well, what does that even mean? It means nothing. We're we're not trying to determine that. We're trying to see who's going to win the trophy. That's what we're trying to see. Who's going to win the trophy? Y'all go argue about the best. I'm trying to win the trophy. Um, And so I was not surprised at all when I did even, you know, again, when we were in Alaska, I, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't really follow anything. But before I went to bed each night, I would flip it and look at the crawl just to see if the Astros won, basically. But along that line, while I'm waiting to see if the Astros won, I would see the college world, you know, the college baseball results, who, if there was an NBA Finals game that night or if there was an NHL Stanley Cup playoff game. I'd get the score. I didn't know many of the details, but I'd get the score at least. Uh, and when I saw that Tennessee got eliminated, I was not shocked. Not shocked at all because this is baseball. Just too much can happen in baseball. So I, I, I that was um, that was fitting and um, 
did not was not surprising in the least. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 as we um continue to get closer to tomorrow, which is our 10th the game's 10th birthday bash. We talked about it uh in the first hour and again in this hour and you know, looking forward to talking all kind of different sports with a lot of y'all and tomorrow and great food and company and prizes and hopefully um it'll be we'll be coming off an Astro afternoon victory over the Mets. And so if the Astros lose I won't be in the best of moods. I mean that's just part of the deal. <laughs> just the way it is. Now if the Astros win tonight and lose tomorrow afternoon, I won't be happy, but I won't be really upset. Because again, I'm not, you know me, I just just don't get swept. And two I'm not again, I'm not really talking about two game series when I see it. But if you split, if you play a two game series against a team that's good, against any team really, but especially a team that's good and that's playing at a little higher level than you right now, because the Astros aren't playing great right now. Um I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be content with a split. But if they lose tonight and tomorrow, uh, I won't be feeling too good. So let's hope that the Astros win either tonight or tomorrow. And if they win both, I'll be flying high for the for the birthday bash tomorrow for sure. That'll be tremendous. Uh, and hopefully El Perro win or lose can um come out of this Mets two-game series looking healthier than he went into it. That's obviously, big picture-wise, the most important thing going on right now is health-wise. Even more important in winning or losing these next couple games is that he's there for the long term because the way Bregman's looking at the plate and the way Yuli's looking at the plate without El Pedro, oh, man, Pabon. Muy mucho Pabon. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out. This Tuesday edition of Footnotes next. After this timeout on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. So we've had kind of a, you know, we talked a little uh, Saints when Joey called. We talked some Major League Baseball for our Footnotes Summer Project, some of the old games. You know, we forgot, though. Um, you know, we brought up the the game where Correa threw the guy out at the plate 
Uh, and Bregman made that incredible defensive guy play to throw the guy out at the plate for the Yankees. We talked about the Altuve home run. We talked about the great game that Verlander pitched. So kind of take your pick. We forgot about the one where Keiko beat the Yankees in that um in that one game playoff. Again, I should know the years. I'm kind of halfway embarrassed by that. But whenever the year that was, maybe 15 was the year the Astros lost to the Royals. Should have beat the Royals, but didn't. Um, so, you know, there's quite a few there that could be possibilities. Um, heartbreaking losses since the Yankees don't really want to give the Red Sox any credit. Although, I don't know, that one of those for the Red Sox might have to be uh, the most heartbreaking. One of the, an era that we haven't even gotten to yet, and I just mentioned the Kansas City Royals in passing, was, man, the Yankees had some, um, the Royals had some heartbreaking losses to the Yankees in the 70s. I was a um, pretty big fan of those Royals teams. I've told the story before. The Astros were always my favorite team. But when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old in that era as a kid, there were four divisions in baseball, and I chose a team fan. I chose a team to root for to win each division. And in the American League West, it was the Royals. And so I really liked those teams with Amos Otis and Al Cowens and Freddie Patek and Cookie Rojas and George Brett and Darryl, you know, Al Hrabowski and all those teams. But uh, Mark Littell and Dennis Leonard. And uh, and so when, like, the one when Chambliss hit that home run to beat him, man, I was heartbreak. So we got a long, we got a lot of big games to get to before the week gets out. We only got three more days, but that's okay. Well, um. We've got um we got three more days to get that done. But we um those there, there there are some tough and baseball has such finality to it because like the game winning hit and the game winning homer when it's tied in the ninth, so kind of plays into this heartbreaking losses thing. Um even better than the other sports, I think. So again, we'll be have Cokie Riley tomorrow morning and of course don't forget the the game birthday bath, tenth birthday bash tomorrow from four to nine and ambassador caffrey on and um buffalo wild wings on ambassador caffrey tomorrow look forward to seeing you there have a nice day